You messed up. Big mistake. What do you do? Do you hide from the mistake? Do you admit it? Do you learn from it? Do you tell your team? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today on Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness with Head Coach Jared Collum of Northland High School. Dwayne Mathis and I take on the challenge of admitting mistakes as a leader. We're excited to get started. Here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness. Today, Coach Mathis and I are honored to have Co- Coach Jared Collum of North Lynn High School on with us. We're going to be discussing an important topic of leadership, and that's what you do when you make a mistake as a leader and how you overcome that and bring your program or your team together. There are four things that we're going to try to examine today. How admitting a mistake earns respect through your transparency. It shows vulnerability leads by example, and builds a culture of trust with those that you work with. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, Coach Collum, thanks for taking time to be with us today. Would you mind just giving us just a quick elevator speech about who you are and, and kind of your background and where you are, got you to here today? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Jared Collum, head football coach in Northland. I also am the head track coach in middle school basketball. Um, 13th year at Northland, and uh, 21st year overall of being involved in, you know, kids' lives and, and, and coaching football. been around the game a long time. Uh, I was talking with one of my assistants the other day, and I have not missed a football season as a player or a coach since my seventh grade football year, which was like 1989. So um, lots of football there. Uh, right out of college, went over to West Marshall uh, with a great, great head coach, Hall of Famer, Coach Winkler. Um, they won a state title that year, uh, and then I went to CPU with Coach Rogers, another Hall of Famer, learned a lot from those two guys, and then uh, got that job at Northland 13 years ago, so here I am, man. That is awesome. Well, you've done some really good things in that community, and I know you're really highly respected, and we are, we are honored that you're going to talk about this important topic of admitting mistakes as a leader. Um, Coach Mathis, how are you today? Doing well. Uh, you know, beautiful day, beautiful weekend. Uh, so, uh, looking forward to, to hearing, uh, coach Cullum's thoughts, uh, on, on these questions that, uh, we have, uh, you know, prepared for him. Yeah, I think he's going to do just fine. He's pretty savvy. He's on the he cast. And so I know, he knows the, it. <laughs> savvy. the voice yeah, of the links, know, he's the voice of the links, isn't he? I yeah. mean, so this is probably small time compared to what he's used to. So we appreciate him taking his time. Lovell asked me if I was nervous, and I said, I don't know. I just always imagine there's nobody listening, uh, and it just, you know, it, cu- it cures the old nerve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 91 listeners is where we were at for this, uh, the first one. So we're 91? I had 1,500 yeah. last night on. <laughs> <laughs> People are more interested in Northland basketball than uh, the life leadership. And there's a bunch of coaches sitting around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know that um, if people do take the time to listen to this, it is uh, an investment in in themselves and us, and we are certainly honored by that investment. So let's get started. So, Coach uh, Cullum, you know, I'm very curious. You know, obviously you have a, a vast amount of experience, you know, in coaching, and, and you, know, you mentioned, you know, two Hall of Fame coaches and Coach Winkler and Coach Rogers that you've had the uh, privilege to, to kind of learn underneath when you were on their staffs, but how would you describe your own leadership style? And uh, maybe, you know, if you've had to, you know, take some things from the, you know, coaches that you've worked with in the past, you know, that work you saw work for them and now you've incorporated them 
into your own program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I just, I don't know. It's always a lead by example thing. I think and you have to set a good example. And then at times, you know, and this will be the second thing we talk about is the mistakes you make, but, um, and you're not always, you're not always the, the best example, I guess, sometimes, but um, you just try to put yourself out there. And I just tell the kids, I'm a straight shooter. If you have, you know, I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. I'm not going to blow smoke. Um, and if you have a question, I'll answer it. And, and sometimes it, it's not going to be what you want to hear. Um, but I'm, I'm going to shoot you straight and, and, and try to lead by, you know, the best way I know how, which is just by example. And, and I think Coach Rogers was that way. He'd tell you exactly the way it was. I remember the, the day I went into his uh, insurance office and asked him if I could volunteer. And, and, and he was like, oh, we don't really have a spot. You know, he kind of hummed and hawed. And I'm like, Coach, I will do anything you ask of me. And, uh, and I did. I mean, I drove the equipment van. I was in charge of you know, JV special teams. And, uh, and here's a little tidbit. I didn't get paid to coach football until I came to North Lynn as a head football coach. I volunteered for eight years. And just, you know, just did my time. And I think that's part of what, you know, makes me, you know, who I am today. And I, I just hope kids you know, see that. Well, that's an incredible example, Coach. I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about a leader and you're setting the example, uh, there's no better um, definition uh, of a leader than a hard worker. Uh, because that is, that is how you set the tone and effort, as we've talked about last week, is, is an issue of the heart. And when you're giving the best effort you can to the, to the work that you're doing, regardless of pay, I think that sends a really strong message. And I, I think that really sets you up for success. Um, and, and that's, I didn't realize it was that long. Um, that's impressive coach. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I guarantee none of those kids knew that yeah. they didn't know I wasn't getting paid. You know what I mean? All the hours I'd spend in the weight, I didn't get paid for weight room, nothing. So from 1999 until 2007, I volunteered. I, I coached some middle school things, you know, some track, and uh, actually coached middle school girls softball, uh, which uh, no comment. Uh, never did that again. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't get paid to coach football. I did not get paid to coach football until the year two thousand seven, and I graduated ninety nine two thousand was my first year at West Marshall. Um, I didn't get paid till I was a head coach. So I think that's a lesson for younger younger guys and coaches and i'm going to touch on this in a little bit well, I, th- um, yeah, I would totally agree and that, and that really that word it comes to my mind is grit that's uh, like direction with determination right i mean that that got you to where you are and that, that but yeah i mean we've coached level we played together at cornell you saw me man i was a 205 pound d tackle you know what i mean i did you know if i didn't play hard i got whipped yeah i got whipped anyway <laughs> yeah well and and so then that, that takes us to the next point, coaches. You know, you've been around the game. You've seen some really incredible things from coaches as examples, and you've tried to do the same for yours, uh, the kids that you lead and the teachers you work with. Um, speak to a time when, when you made a mistake or you made a decision um, and it didn't go the way you wanted. Um, what was the process? What did you go through? How did you respond? And how did people respond to you? I mean, the obvious answer here is play calling. And everybody that's ever called plays – can look back and say, oh, man, if I didn't call that, how does the game go? You know what I mean? And I used to be a big-time fake punt guy, and I used to be a big-time onside kick guy um, just because we had to. I mean, it was a necessity. 
And you look back and say, well, if I want to fake that punt, and, um, if I wouldn't have uh, onside kick, you know, what would have happened? But I guess the, the, the one mistake, and this is more of advice for younger guys coming through is I was talking to coach shot, Brendan shots, our wrestling coach. And he played for me back in 09, 10, 11, right around in there. Um, 12. If I would have known then what I know now about offenses and the spread offense and the things we're going to do. And we did last year uh, and the things we did, we're going to do next year. If I would have known that with that group of athletes, um, man, we would have been really good, but I just, I admitted to him. I didn't know. I just flat out did not know enough. You know, I knew this, what the spread was. I knew how to stop, try to stop it, you know, but I didn't know how to call it. I didn't know, you know, different route combinations. I didn't know the read, how to block the inside zone, outside zone, wide zone, all that stuff, uh, jet sweeps. Um, but if I'd have known that as a young coach at Northland, I think <laughs> – I just think back that we could have been really, really different looking team. Instead, I grew up, I knew, uh, I knew the, the eye, I knew the power eye, and I knew the wing tee, and I knew the wishbone. That's because that's how, you know, that's where, you know, we gritted our teeth on back then. Um, but then, uh, you know, so the, the mistake, I guess, not even really, I mean, a mistake, it's, it's just something that happened. But young guys coming through don't get hung up on, this is our offense. I'm this. I'm this. Because I used to be a wing T guy, you know. And now, if you come watch us, the wing T is the furthest thing from what we do. But the other thing is, I think we've at Northland have always done a good job of catering to our athletes. Mm. We were wing T because we had some dudes in the backfield that could run the football. We had three of them. You know, we're spread now because we've got quarterbacks that are athletes. Um, Austin Miller, uh, if you've never heard that name before, is an athlete. You know, Austin Hilmer is an athlete. And then we've got good pieces to go with it. Um, but I guess it, it, my message to the, the, your question is, young guys, learn everything you possibly can. Try to learn every offense you possibly can. Learn every defense you possibly can. Yeah, that's, that's awesome that you can identify that. I think you know, when I was reflecting on this um, over the past week, knowing that we were going to talk about this, I, I thought of a, a specific situation when we were up at West Dubuque uh, in 2018, we had a team that was uh, four and three. We were three and zero oh in district play, and we were playing up at West Dubuque, who was a really good football team. They just gotten beat uh, by Xavier the week before uh, in a mud bath, and then we were going to have to play Xavier. But uh, we felt really confident going into that game, and we put in uh, a trick play called the. Catalina wine mixer. There's another word that went before that. And Step brother. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we called it. I got it from a buddy of mine who was coaching for a football and they'd run it and had success. And so the weather was so bad, we couldn't practice outside. So we ran it in the gym probably 20, 25 times. Uh, we didn't just call it the Catalina wine mixer. We called it the Blanken uh, Catalina wine mixer. So there was no, there was no mistake about what we were running. And um, we, were, we were down two scores at half. Uh, we got the ball to start the third quarter. We were driving. We had about three first downs, and we were in a key third and short situation on about the 40-yard line. And I said, let's run the mm, Catalina wine mixer. And everyone was like, let's go. And they keyed the kid that was lined up where he was supposed to be. Our kids uh, froze. They busted the line. We fumbled. They scored. <laughs> uh, so now we're down three scores. <laughs> 
they kick off, they pooch it, they hit it off the head of one of our up backs, they recover it, they score, and it was the game was basically over uh, at that point. You know, we just tried, we scored one more time later in the game, but uh, you know, I felt like I really let the team down um, by calling that play. It had felt at the right time like that was the right call. Uh, but it really messed us up, and um, I admitted that to the team. I didn't, I, you know, you guys as coaches know that you don't like to admit mistakes because, you know, that that adage that showing vulnerability uh, is a weakness. But I, I I feel like our team really bought into that. Um, you know, it was a genuine mistake. It was a, it was a genuine. Um, I want to try to put us in a situation to beat a team that a lot of people didn't think we could beat, um, and it didn't go the way we wanted. Um, but I think you know, having that permission to let them know it's okay to fail and try um, is, is a staple of our program. At least it needs to be. I don't know, Coach Mathis, what do you think? Well, Coach Cullen made a great point and something I was going to touch on is, you know, young coaches who are getting ready to get into this, don't be so stubborn about uh, this is what we have to run. This is what I know it's going to be much easier for yourself to adapt and to expect, you know, your athletes to be able to uh, to mold them into what you what you're trying to run you know my first year um we we ran you know uh, a pistol power spread you know two by two three by one you know empty sets and uh you know we just we could not do anything you know the next year that next off season we went into it and we said you know what can we do to be better and uh you know we changed up and went something totally different and what we were doing and had a lot more success and, and the kids seemed to, to like it. So I think, you know, you're doing a great thing there, coach Cullum in the sense of, uh, it, you know, it was probably a little nerve wracking, I'm sure for you to retrain your brain into something that you didn't know, but that's, that's also what kind of makes this fun, right. You know, to be, a, you know, cop- I t- yeah, I totally agree. And who knows, in, you know, in, in five years, I mean, we could be, we could be back to you know, a wing T wishbone type of, uh, of offense. It just depends on the kids, really, man. That's all it is. And I, you know, I think the thing that's most encouraging to you is early um, to, to hear you guys speak is that uh, you're willing to change and you're willing to let people know, you let, you know, the community know that, Hey, uh, I don't always have all the answers and I'm willing to adapt to what we have uh, to maximize uh the program. And I think, I think that, I think that engenders trust with, with people. I really do. I really, I, I agree. And, and, and it's not just me at Northland. It's or our staff. I don't want to say sure. me. It's, I always say us, but I, I think coach Helmer does a great job with basketball. If you look back to Northland basketball 10 years ago, they were a grinded out run, you know, a hundred different sets. They were, we, you know, we were happy with, 40 to 35 final. You know what I mean? And now it's push the basketball, press, and it's all about the athlete. Coach, uh, can you – I mean, have you – did you get this – I mean, did you have this modeled to you uh, with, like, Coach Winkler and, and Coach Rogers? I mean, you know, I know obviously growing up, you know, you know, it wasn't a uh, a common thing for – for coaches to be willing to, at least in some of the programs that I was in, I mean, it did happen, but not a common thing uh, to kind of admit like, Hey guys, I messed up. 
I mean, but I know like on one of the programs that I was involved in, uh, you know, we weren't a very good program. So I saw this modeled from, you know, the coaches that I was involved with due to the fact of, you know, they were trying to pr- protect the, how fragile the team was. They were trying to build confidence. So they took that, that onus and said, Hey, this was my fault. I need to do a better job of getting you guys prepared. And, you know, as a staff, we have to be better. I mean, did you have that model to you, you know, on any other staffs that you were involved in? You know, it's funny is, uh, and this is, I totally don't want to knock coach Rogers or Winkler because they are awesome, awesome individuals and great people and great leaders and great coaches. But I think I actually learned it the opposite way coach is that coach Rogers and, and coach Slifka, I mean, and they, I mean, what they ran was awesome for their kids and they were, but they were ingrained in we're not running anything but this. You know right. I mean? It was wishbone and it was four, four. And I think that I learned from that. Well, what if we would have spread that out a little bit? What if we go four, three or four, two, five, you know what I yeah. mean? And I wasn't saying that I wasn't vocalizing this because I was a little peon freshman coach, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, what if they, oh, what if they would have done this? What if, you know, so I think that's where it kind of evolved from. Was it, I mean, when I got to Northland, I, you know, we were wing T and bone. And I'm like, well, what if, what if we throw it around a little bit? Um, we threw the ball one game almost 60 times. You know what I mean? And it's just, that, that blows my mind now. I mean, we would never, oh, we would, but um, throw the ball that many times. But, you know, it's, it's almost the opposite. You know what I mean? I didn't get it from them, but I kind of thought, uh, you know, what if they would have changed the, you know, what if we do something a little different? It's almost, you know, just thinking outside the box a little well, bit. And, and I think it comes more from, you know, hanging out with guys like Tim and, you know, going to clinics and, and talking to other guys. And uh, I got to credit Coach Joel Van Etten, uh, one of my assistants, and, he, and he's been great. He came from Upper Iowa, uh, and they were spread and, and they're doing route stuff. And, and he's really helped me become a better play caller. Well, I think, I think what you're speaking to is, is what a lot of people in leadership struggle with is the ability to challenge the conversation to make things better, right? To, to really make sure that are we maximizing what we should be doing and not be afraid of, well, we're going to try this and we're going to see what happens. And if it doesn't work, well, I'm not afraid to, to challenge the status quo. I, I think there, there gets to be a, a paralysis that comes with, uh, with not changing, you know, I, I can't change because I don't know anything else. And if I don't know it and people realize I don't know it, then they're going to think of me as a failure. Um, right. And, 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 and when you do, when you do make that leap and it doesn't work, uh, you have to be the type of guy that's like, Hey man, we tried it. Uh, it didn't work. So, well, listen, I'm standing here with my hand up. Let me look at what happened to us this last year. <laughs> you guys know what we went through as a program. Right. And yeah. we went, we yeah. went to some, hey, but we've been there. I've been there. Uh, yeah. We, we went to something that we thought was going to completely fit the personnel we had and it, it was not bought in. And, um, you know, Hey, coaches were all in and this is not a reflection on anything on, um, on them or the players. It's just, it didn't fit. It didn't work because it wasn't what people were used to and, and they couldn't function well with it. So we're going to go back to what we know and, you know, modify just a little bit, but you know, I think that also speaks to trying to recreate energy within, within your team, within your program, because 
you know, that tells kids uh, or, you know, employees or wherever, if you're a manager that, Hey, you know, this guy can, this guy can accept the fact that things didn't work. And um, that makes me excited because I know that, you know, it doesn't always have to be the way it has to be. Well, but just think about how many programs that have been out there are people who are leading different programs that have done there have been through this exact same conversation that we're having right now in the sense of this paralysis by analysis and, and, and don't make that move because they are afraid that they're not going to know that, you know, they're going to struggle maybe learning the offense or they're not going to feel as comfortable learning that offense or defense or whatever they may be trying to implement out there, because that was probably my biggest, uh, you know, hurdle to get over when we switched was just not feeling as, you know, inside of that little comfort zone and bubble that I was used to and saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle here at times. And I just need to be willing to accept that. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Just leading by example. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, yeah. Coach, uh, Colin, let's, let's talk a little bit about your program and, and leadership, uh, things that you do to develop those kids in your program. What are, what are, what are ways that you develop the young men in your program to go out and be leaders in the community, in their homes um, and school um, through, through the game of football? I, the first thing is I, I want to touch on is we're not a big captain. Team. Okay. Um, we don't elect captains. We don't vote on captains. We don't, I mean, basically how we run it is, um, on Thursday, uh, I usually start an email with other coaches and say, okay, you know, who's stepping up? Uh, who, show, who showed us anything this week or last week in game film or this week in practice? And then we basically go from there. Uh, we start throwing names out. We start a discussion. Uh, and we could, have, we could have three guys, uh, different dudes every nine days, you know, or every nine weeks. Um, so it, usually it's, it, you know, it's, but the funny thing is it always ends up being the same couple kids. And then we add in a couple here and there yeah. Um, yeah. as we go, you know what yep. I mean? But we're not, we're not big on, you know, voting and whatever. Um, the other thing we do is we have a leadership council at the beginning of the year. Each grade picks a kid. We have one freshman, one sophomore, one junior, one senior. Um, and then periodically throughout the season, uh, I, I meet with those kids and I talk to them about whatever, you know, what's going on? What's the vibe? What's going on in the locker room? Yeah. Uh, what's, are, we, are we running too much? We're not running enough. Uh, I've had kids actually tell us we need to condition more. <laughs> and I'm not a big conditioning, I'm not a big condition guy. I, I'm, I'm a speed guy. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. we'll never run over, we'll never run over 40, 40 yards yeah. in, in a conditioning, anything. Um, but, you know, that's, and then that goes back to my track background and you know, I'm a big Tony Holler guy. And, yeah, so the most selected captains, leadership council, and in that leadership council, we put a, like this year we put a lot on them. I mean, they made two huge decisions this year um, on kids that were missing on some weight stuff, um, and you know a couple kids we we sat them for some quarters and and, and some other things, but uh, yeah, we rely on them. You know, maybe I don't meet with them as much as I should, or you know maybe I don't meet with, you know as much as we, we could, but uh, that's one thing we do is the is the leadership council. I think is uh, a really good thing that and then coach Nielsen came up with that and it, it's great yeah, we, we've done the leadership council the last few years at, at my school and I think the one thing I've learned is 
uh, you got to pare it down. And I really like how you just have four uh, because there gets to be too many cooks in the kitchen and not enough work gets done. Um, at least that's, that was my experience with it. You know, the first year I was like, Hey, I had all these kids apply and man, they all want to be leaders. And, um, you know, I think I ended up finding out that they wanted resume builders, but didn't really want to challenge the status quo. And then the next year we, we knocked it down a few. And then we had some issues with some of those kids, uh, doing what they needed to within the program. So I'm actually at a, uh, standstill on leadership council because, I think, um, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things where I'm not sure if I'm getting the value. Or I shouldn't even say I. I should say the team is getting the value for the work that gets put in because um, I think it's hard sometimes for kids to challenge each other. Do you find that in, in your program? It's hard for kids to call each other. Yeah. Yep. It's hard for kids, the kids that aren't, coming in the weight room, and especially if he's a liked kid. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? If they all like him, he's not coming He's not coming to the weight room, he's not doing the extra stuff, it's hard for kids to say, dude, come on, but what are you doing? You know, we've got this We've got this going here, and um, but I think, especially at North Lynn right now, we've got such a, such a good atmosphere of success that it's almost – if you're not doing the extra, if you're not coming in, then you're the pariah mm. right now. You know what I mean? So that's uh, – And I know that's not the case that everywhere you go. And it, it wasn't the case at other places I've been. It is not, it, it's not the case at other places where <laughs> you know, I know about. But it, it, as, long as, as far as North Lynn's concerned, just because of what we've, what we've built here and what's going on, um, it's almost like, oh, you know, he missed weights and you know what I mean? So it's the guys, the guys that are missing or the guys that are skipping, the guys that aren't lifting are the ones that are kind of like everybody else like, dude, come on. Yeah. There's 30 of us here. Yeah. So, but it, it wasn't probably that way every year at Northland. It was you, not that way. It's, it wasn't that way when I got here. So I'll tell you that. So how did you, how did you get it to be that way though? I mean, was it just the, the standard that you set? I mean, were there things, accountability things that you put in place? So if, they weren't. We at- have tried when I was when I first got here. We tried everything. We gave away T-shirts. We, you know, what I mean, I opened the weight room seven days a week, twice twice a day during the summer, um, and it just I don't know, it just shifted slowly. It just shifted, and I think it was having a really good group come through and a lot of success, um, and and you know, people don't want maybe not want to hear this, but it's winning. Yeah, it's it's winning. It's winning. You win, and and kids buy in when they win. Right, and you know, and, and KCRG's retweeting them, and you know, Jeff Johnson's, you know, interviewing them, and it's just it's it's success and it's winning, and and it it, it took a lot of work to get there, but in it basically is we had, we had some good athletes come through here, and and it kind of just shifted the whole thing, man. Well, be, because to me, it sounds like you built a cult, culture of trust, Coach Column. You know, and, and you've made mistakes, but those those came with key learning points. And, and with those learning points came experience and then the greater ability to identify those opportunities that you can grow. And and the kids recognize that. Right. I mean, they saw that. Hey, I would, I would totally agree. But and the other thing was these younger kids saw that that oh nine, that one and eight and that two and seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think they said that's not going to be us. Yeah. That's not the standard. So. 
no, that's not what we want to do. Yeah. But I mean, and then they got, uh, we got after it and, and then we're, we're where we're at right now. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, I think you, you could probably spend a whole episode talking about how to move kids to where they need to be. Uh, you know, through various motivation techniques and all that, because we've touched on that. Oh yeah, I mean, I and, and, and we're not perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we still we still have to get kids in to the weight room. There's still kids that need to get in there and and uh, you know lift more than and, and do the extra stuff more. But I think we're at a high enough percentage right now that it it uh, it definitely is making a difference. So you you create a culture of accountability through uncommon commitment, love, and trust, and aligning to the standard, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, coach, I, I can't thank you enough for, for the time today. Um, we have truly enjoyed through some of the glitches even today, uh, the, t- <laughs> the, the time that we've got to spend learning about you and what you've done with your program. Uh, I assume that uh, we have the green light to bring you back on and talk uh, about leadership and, and life and the pursuit of greatness as we move forward. Right. Yeah, yeah. Any anytime you guys want to have me, and and I was talking to Coach Van Etten last night, and I was telling him about getting the opportunity to come on with you guys, and and he uh, actually took a listen to it, and and he's like, dude, I, I'm in, I'm in too. Well, let's. <laughs> so, we might have like we might have like ten dudes on this thing by the time it's all over. But... Well, uh, Anchor only allows <laughs> us to have five, but I'll tell you what, you know, <laughs> Coach Van Etten is a guy. You know, this does, this is not an exclusive. Uh, podcast, right, right, Dwayne. I mean, Coach Mathis, this is uh, this is something that every coach can learn from everybody. And you know, if you went to the IFCA this weekend, you learned uh, there are a lot of guys that have a lot of great knowledge and are willing to spend time and talk. And, and that's really what this is about. You know, spending time and, and learning from each other. And uh, that, to me, is the value. You know, if if no one else listens, I at least feel better. You know, and I and I I, I can't thank you guys enough for spending time together with us today. Well, hundred percent, coach. No, I, I, I was just gonna say too that you know I think one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I know I'm learning through this whole deal is, and and you mentioned it, you know, coach level about you know the different things that you heard at the the clinic this weekend, um, is there's not one cookie cutter type of formula for success. I mean, but as coaches, what we need to do, or as as leaders in in business is we need to adapt and be able to adapt to that, uh, you know, to, to find that success. And again, I think it goes back to, you know, our theme for, for today is, you know, just not being afraid to admit when you make a mistake and, and growing from that. So again, and, and no, this is not an exclusive club, uh, you know, uh, you know, so we, we look forward to, you know, many weeks of this and continuing to grow myself and I, I you know, not to speak for, for you guys, but I know you guys probably do as well. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, um, I got some editing work to do. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? This was like uh, our fourth try here. (laughs) I think that's being kind. Um, Yeah. But thanks gentlemen. Um, Let's uh, let's plan on doing this again real soon. And uh, in the meantime, let's pursue life leadership and, uh, and greatness and everything that we do. Thanks for checking in.